Just me and my lady with our babies. All this love between us is amazing. There's amazing. There's amazing. I'm ready. You was not? Huh? Uh-uh. Nobody wants to start. That's <laughs> on you, boo. This Welcome is your topic. back to the table. Welcome back to those that have listened before. Thank you for joining. Welcome for the first time, you first time listeners. This is the Table for Seven podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Derek Johns. And I am your other host, Lakeisha Johns. Okay. <laughs> or I'm the other host, however you want to look at it. Uh, this is a podcast about our life, giving you a peek inside of some of uh, our family dynamics, some of the things that we've learned, some of the things that we think and dream about. And we invite you into uh, that conversation by way of uh, voice notes. If you're listening on Anchor, uh, comments, if you're listening on any other platform, Apple or Spotify, uh, if you're listening on Apple in particular, please rate us, right? Don't rate us now based on what you've heard so far. Rate us when you start laughing. That's an excellent time to give us a rating, right? If we start to lose your attention, we don't want that rating. So we like to start the part. I should, I, this is number eight, right? Okay. So this is number eight and that's not an impressive number on its own, but this is number eight in two years. So this is actually more like a quarterly. A quarter. Come on, quarterly. A quarterly podcast. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, we're going to fix that. Uh, how are you? I'm well. How are you? That's the real question. I'm great. I'm great. So this podcast is being recorded. There's only audio this time. We are still in Virginia. Uh, if you don't get the reference to what still in Virginia means, we are actually residents of Texas now. Virginia is home. Hampton area 757 is home. We came for vacation and stayed for surgery. That's another story. Um, but we're still in Virginia recording this podcast um, and we're heading back to Texas tomorrow, Yeah, actually. But we wanted to get this podcast recorded because... We have some special guests. For the very first time, we have special guests. Not the very first time. Howard was our very first Oh, time. you're right. You're right. This is the first couple right. that we've had. This Correct. is the first married couple that we've had. Um, we have, I should say we have, but they have us, my parents, <laughs> Leonard and Regina Johns, whose name I only say when referencing beneficiaries or <laughs> points of contact for legal matters. Um, but we're in their house. So, uh, they have been kind enough to join this conversation and, uh, and board us for two months and board us for two months. <laughs> right. We were intending to be here for a month ended up being here for two months so welcome to the show mother thank you how are you i'm well glad to be here how's your week going wonderful wonderful <laughs> okay we'll get back to that father how are you sir? father <laughs> i am wonderful great spectacular Ooh. i think that's where i get it from i that, that's my automatic response to people that work and it throws them awesome so how you doing fantastic absolutely great this is a little thing. All right. So small talk, somewhat out of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to prolong this conversation because we have, everybody has a lot to do. Mm -hmm. But we did want to talk a little bit about this summer. We've been in your house um, longer than expected. Uh, what have been some of the things that you've enjoyed 
about us being in your house so long unexpectedly. I've enjoyed the fact that you're here. You're here, your wife is here, and the grandchildren. It has certainly been a blessing for me and my family, the rest of us, I do believe, to have you all here. It has not been an inconvenience. We planned for you all to be here, and even though it's been as long as you said, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. When you said two months, I'm like, wow, it's really been two months? But um, it's been wonderful to have you here. That's what our home is about, having our family here, and we've enjoyed it. It was worth every moment, every moment. I think it has more to do with the grands than right, it. Right. We'll take it. <laughs> everything to do. No, it's not just the grands, just having you and Keisha here. I mean, I love having you all here. Aww. We like being here because it we gives do. us some flexibility. Uh, yeah. We don't we don't have any blood family in Texas. We've we've adopted some families. Some right. families have adopted us, but there's nothing like being in a being within your original village. Right. So, uh, but your thoughts. Well, you know that I am a people person and I like having my people around me. And when they come, it makes me feel uh, the, the, the roots expanding. Uh, it helps me to appreciate my life when I see the things that you have that the two of you have accomplished, especially the five kids and how well they are reared yes. and how intelligent and obedient and responsive and respectful they are. It just it's like a vacation for me having them here. You know, I think about them often and I want to have some kind of influence in their lives. Mm -hmm. And this has afforded me a gold mine of an opportunity to have some influence in their lives. Especially Eli uh, gardening with you in the mm -hmm. mornings because he's the earliest riser of them all, apparently. I find joy in seeing him get excited to go out in the garden with you. Yep. So Eli is the youngest of five. Today, the children are 17, 15, 14, 8, and 7. Uh, That's all training in a week. Yeah. <laughs> By the time this airs, the 17-year-old will be 18. Mm-hmm. And then we have a break in their birthdays until December. Uh, and then the six-year-old will turn seven and the 15-year-old will turn 16. Um, I think part of the enjoyment for my parents as well is that they're retired. Right. So you, Ma, you've been retired since, who you retired first? And uh, 15. My dad retired in 2015. You retired in? 2018, I believe. 2018? 2019. 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. So we were back. We were back when you retired? In the States? We were. Yeah, we were yeah. retired. You were here. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when I retired, you all had gone back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, do you think it would be different if you weren't retired? Very. Oh, it would be very different. Very yes. different. Yes. It would probably been a lot of uh, stress mm -hmm. because I had to do my job and then I'm a caregiver to mom, your grandma. So... It probably would have been a lot, but I, it, I think having you all here and having um, my sister and her husband here has really taken a lot of stress off of me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's been worth it. There's also 12 of us in the house right now. Oh, that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think this episode might be called Table for 12. Tw table for 12. <laughs> so yeah. literally 12, 12, I'm trying to do the math. Uh, it's only five eight, kids. Eight-ish 
seven and a half adults because honor. Eh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandmother, my mom's mama, she's mentioned she's the caregiver, um, and she requires twenty four hour attention, twenty four hour care. Mm-hmm. So my mother's sister and brother in law came down for the summer to provide some relief to my parents for just to provide them some relief. Mm -hmm. So all of us are in the house. So that gives a little bit more flavor on what the, what the house dynamic really is. Mm -hmm. I I won't say that we've, the only place I think that we've been on top of each other is in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. Cause several of us, have things that we like to cook and have opinions about how (laughs) things should happen in the kitchen. But one thing that I've learned is I treat your home the way I expect my home to be respected. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't ask you to, to, to do or not do anything that you wouldn't normally do in your home. Right. I'm not like I work from here. Mm-hmm. I don't go around the house asking people to be quiet. Mm-hmm. It's not my house. Right. Right. It's not what this part of their life was designed to be. Um, so the house has been accommodating. Um, it hasn't been one good thing. I, uh, one of many things I appreciate, uh, appreciate about my family is that we're not big on arguments. No. That At least that. this, yeah. ex- to, to this extension of the tree. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot of arguing Mm -hmm. going on. It's not a lot of, I don't know. I I don't argue anyway. Mm -hmm. No, sometimes Keisha doesn't like that, but Keisha's not arguing. We we don't, don't neither one of us argue, Mm -hmm. but just to take that out of the mix. I know some people listening to this, man, it's being in your parents' house for two months, a month, a week. Some people can't do that, but that has been, that hasn't even been a factor in the equation for me. Correct. But these are my parents, so right. I mean, and my parents. Don't I'm do just, that. I'm just saying. That's, don't do that. I'm right. That's right. Every <laughs> that's what I like dynamic. about this right. whole uh, family idea. It it grows, and if you're if you don't like some of your family, it's going to grow to be some people maybe you will like, mm-hmm. and those people are going to grow into people uh, that will reflect either something that you said, did, or they perceive you to be, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be a reflection on you. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has been an eye-opening experience to me. I get to see the the second generation and third generation respond to the gene pool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So while we're here, um, we came for vacation. We made a decision to have a to take a family road trip because the dynamics of our family are changing. As we mentioned, the ages, the oldest is uh, starting college. Mm-hmm. So that's a different stage of life. Uh, the next two are in high school. There'll be different demands and different things that they want to do, especially now going back to school. Um, physically. Physically, right. the world opening up in air quotes, if because since there's no video, but uh, it's trending toward, our kids will be in school. Mm-hmm. They haven't been in school for the last year and a half, and that might be the story for, for several. Um, but I am concerned about them being in school, but I'm not worried. Um, this is a, a very prayerful praying family, mm-hmm. um, and we'll take the precautions that we need to make sure that, that they're safe. But I do want them to 
experience life responsibly. Uh, but back, <clears throat> getting back on track, we made the drive from Grand Prairie, Texas to Virginia. And while it sounds like somewhat overwhelming, it was actually a good experience. So we had the luxury of time. So we took about seven days total to get here. Mm-mm. Yeah. Was it seven? Well, uh, no, it was like five. Five, five, five days. days. So we drove to Jackson, Mississippi the first day, and that was about six hours, Child, maybe six and a half. It. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Keisha has this thing about sunset towns, but uh, the, it, do I didn't feel that way in the part of Jackson where we were. And we were only sunset there for. Towns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, if you look like us, we need to be in by sunset. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we weren't. Those in. still exist. Yeah. yeah. That place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it, that wasn't the vibe in the area where we were. Okay. Uh, and then that next day, we drove to Ackworth, Georgia, which is about 20, 25 miles north of Atlanta. And then we stayed there for a couple of days and then we drove from Atlanta to Virginia, which is more manageable. So that part wasn't bad at all. Um, thoughts on the drive? Oh, I enjoyed it. I kind of wish that we would have uh, stopped at more like major take a picture here type places. But, you know, we had to go. We need to get where we was getting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We tried to get the state signs as we were entering the states. But as far as like getting out and like doing the things we did not i wanted to do more of that on the way back yeah but so we again we and we were going to have the luxury of time on the way back we were mm-hmm. intending to be here about three and a half weeks mm-hmm. and then take you know four or five days to go back before we left i was dealing with some um like some back i have sciatica issues i've had them for years i've had it for years it's gotten progressively worse Last year was a significant jump from the years prior. And then this year I was having another episode, but I thought it was something that I could just manage through. And for the most part, that's what I did. Um, so I, I drove quite a bit. Keisha drove uh, when necessary. I just like driving. It wasn't like she wasn't mm-hmm. willing to drive, but I, for me, it, it's me versus the road. Mm-hmm. So it's it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, And it was uncomfortable but it was like the normal level Managing. of discomfort yeah. that I've been managing through. You know, you, mm-hmm. you feel like you're sore. When you get out of the car, you gotta kinda stretch a little bit. It was that kind of thing. And it w- it remained that for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks after we got to Virginia. Then something significantly changed. I don't know what triggered it, but um, to speed up the story, because we're gonna have it that conversation in another podcast, I found out here in Virginia that I had a herniated disc that was severely oversized, pushing on a nerve that could have caused more permanent damage if something wasn't acting upon quickly. And also you had a small hole in your spine as well. Yeah, who does which that? Exactly, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a, a small hole in my spine. Newsflash. Which they told yeah, they told me after surgery, which right, was they better. didn't know. Right. Yeah. They didn't know. It was better for me to hear that after surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we'll get into that story in more detail at another podcast. But that wasn't the, the goal. I'm glad that it happened here in hindsight and foresight um, that it would happen around family because uh, it allowed us to manage collectively through it. Uh, but that's what created the extra time here. So we, were, we would have been back in Texas two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Two, probably two, two and a half weeks ago driving. Um, 
So that changed the dynamic of us being here. So we want to talk a little bit about what that was like because it's still fresh and it's interesting for me because it was part of my thought process the whole time of who am I being a burden on? And I, mm. the answer is going to be, I don't know what the answer is no going to be. Yeah, I was going to let the answer be the answer. Um, but I'm interested in how that played out for the others on this podcast because I became a spectator at some point. I was almost, I was going to say invalid, but that's probably disrespectful to Disabled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you I was not myself for sure. I needed assistance to do very um, basic tasks and let your imaginations put whatever there you need. Um, and I, it was starting to get to me like, is this my life? But again, I don't want to go too deep in that because we'll talk about that in detail. But how was it for my wife and my mother to manage through a son and a husband that was had a serious health issue, somewhat uncertain, and just. What's good, fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It has creation tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What did you think? What did you feel? How did it change you? Well, for me, it was was painful to see uh, my son in pain. Um, some of the times I really could not handle it. I had to walk away um, and just go in a room and pray for him because it was just too painful to watch him in pain and I couldn't do anything about it. But watching his wife, Keisha, and her composure and managing the whole uh, situation was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And so my thought was, don't get in her way. Let her do what she does because that's the wife and she's going to take care of her husband. So I tried not to um, be overbearing or overpowering uh, when they told me to just back up. That's what I did. Um, But the whole time I was praying, I was praying for her and for him because what I wanted is not what happened immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had to just, you know, um, pull back and just let them be in control because they are adults they are grown and um, they know what they want but as a parent you know your kids can be grown and old as 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 can be but as long as you're the parent Mm -hmm. it's that inner um inner feeling that a parent has that they want the best for their children i did not want to see him in pain Mm -hmm. and so i just did a lot of praying and um like keisha i I really believe i let her take the role and and do what she had to do and just back off um, but it, it went very well. And when I saw how she was managing, because I didn't want her to become sick. I didn't want her to become upset because I knew it was hard for her as well, trying to manage with him. But at the same time, her strength is what gave me strength um, to know that he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He's going to be okay. And, and he is okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Great. I don't know. I feel like in this situation, I took it like I take most situations. Like I can't, 
I can cry later. I can scream later. I can do everything else later. Right now, this is what I need to do. And that's how I just approach the whole situation. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yes, you're crying. And it hurt me that you were crying, but both of us couldn't be crying at the same time. It wasn't anything. Nothing was going to get achieved if both of us were in the same mental space at the same time. So what, what do you think that came from for you? Was it military? Was it what you saw growing up? I, it's probably a combination of all the things. I'm the oldest of all of my siblings. Mm-hmm. Like I've always taken on the second motherly role in every situation I've been in. So it was more of a, okay, let's, let's do it. And also tempering it with the fact that yes, you're a grown man and I didn't want to do anything that you weren't ready to do or that would challenge you in a way that was um, not helpful in the situation. So, yeah, I remember specifically when I had the the break breakdown, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm you can't see us, but I'm looking at where I was sitting when I had that breakdown, and I heard my mom come in the house, and I said, "Don't let her come in here," because mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I couldn't. I didn't want that on I didn't want that on you to see me at that level or in that in that amount of pain. I know you were aware, but like I was I was little baby crying in the cold, uh, come help me break down. Mm-hmm. Um father. So I'm interested in what you were thinking because you've had similar challenges you had to search you've had surgeries in the same vein a couple of times in your life so what was what was going through your mind that um impacted your approach there were many things that i was processing at that point the first thing was like keisha said i needed to be composed for me to fall apart and for you to see that was not going to be productive or positive for your outcome to be something that uh, would not explode into this family. Mm -hmm. So, but I had some history with that experience. First of all, I've had that same surgery twice myself. And I know what it's like when you can't sit, when you can't stand, and you can't communicate that enough for people to get a handle on what you're going through. They just, they don't see anything bleeding, broken, or, or, or physically deformed. So it's a, it was a difficult experience. Also, because I've had a lot of dealings with trauma in my uh, life experiences. I was a, a medic in the military and I was a x-ray tech in the emergency room. So I've seen people come in with conditions similar to yours, and I I would imagine that you were feeling the same pain that a gunshot wound would have felt. And the first thing you need to do is stop the bleeding. And the first thing we needed to do was to make sure that you knew that we felt the, the urgency that you were experiencing at that time, and we collectively were trying to do everything that we could within the realm of what could be done, uh, we were trying to do that. And so I was processing it from the point of, uh, I came through it. This is 
my son who has some of something that I gave him and what he has seen in me, that he will uh, get through this. And I was praying, well, you heard me pray. I was praying that we all could get through this experience, not just you, because this could have been a very explosive situation. Uh, we could have gotten into some dynamics that were not fruitful and could have been painful and or hurtful. But I just believe that the Lord blessed us with calmness. And I do believe that that calmness started with Keisha and it ended with her because she was doing some things all the way. She was managing this experience and five kids and being in a place where her life was like in a, a fishbowl. And I told her how proud I was of her, that this conflict revealed her character and that my son was indeed blessed to have her as a wife. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the thing that we all got from this experience is that uh, Keisha came through this as the unsung hero and she is still developing and growing and proving to be uh, what it takes to have a healthy marriage. Yep. Yeah. And I would add this. I remember my sister saying to Keisha, "You just like my mom. You just like your mother-in-law. You all cannot be still." And your mom. Mm -hmm. And my mom. Listen. And her mom. But I am so proud. And I told Keisha, just like my husband did, how proud I was that yeah. uh, my son married a good woman, and she married. He married a caring woman, and that's what you need in a marriage: someone that really cares. Yeah. And she sacrifices. And, that, and I'm sure he sacrifices as well, right. but she certainly sacrifices and tries to manage everything. So everything that she was trying to do, I was offering my assistance. Yes, and I was still like, no, I and got she was it. like, no, I got it. Yeah. I got so it. some things I just had to go on and do that she didn't mind me doing later. But she's she's amazing. She's amazing, yeah. and I'm I'm just grateful that they have each other. Right, you guys are yeah. amazing. So That's grateful. the important thing. Mm -hmm. It was a um, one of the posts that I made way before this but it was something to the effect that one thing that the pan that the pandemic has taught me is that i chose the right spouse because some people fell apart relationships yeah. fell yes. apart yes marriages family mm -hmm. dynamics fell apart and i i like my family i mean i don't i don't need to uh advertise more than i do that i love my family mm -hmm. but i i like yeah. i like my family right i like my kids mm -hmm. today Yes, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there'll be some challenges. Some challenges as mm -hmm. they grow and believe that they are more adult than Child. they are at the time. But who doesn't go through that? Um, no, that that's that was. I appreciate that feedback. Again, it's, like I said, at some point, that was the most pain I'd ever been in in my life. Right, mm -hmm. and throughout it, it was probably disrespectful. But I told Keisha during one of the experiences, I said, "I'm pretty sure I just had a child." Mm -hmm. Pretty sure I just had but the equivalent you, of a child, but you did not um, <laughs> believe that to another uh, absolutely did not interpretation. <laughs> but um, I am grateful to everyone here and beyond because I just I don't like asking for stuff. Right, mm -hmm. I don't like being unable to do stuff. Worse, and then not knowing if I will ever again be able to do stuff that was starting to weigh on me. Um, so I know I was getting. I don't know how I was getting. I mean, it, it 
I I try to remain grateful throughout and have a, a positive attitude and make sure my kids didn't see me fall apart and mm-hmm. that if it was if you saw me fall apart, it was because I couldn't do otherwise. Right. It wasn't a show to to get some attention to have somebody come in the room. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was that it was a very traumatic experience, but I'm grateful for it because it it taught me a lot about myself, and it taught me about um, you know helped me reevaluate reevaluate my relationship with God mm-hmm. because I can't rely on anybody else's relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, and it wasn't in a God. If you do this, I'll never again do that. It wasn't one of those negotiations. It was show me if this is show me what you would have me see mm-hmm. and um, you will get the glory regardless mm-hmm. and that's probably the first time that I meant it mm-hmm. in a long time I knew that was the thing to say mm-hmm. or the thing to do I've seen it been done before but there's something about when that clicks and you realize that that's what matters mm-hmm. uh, puts a lot of other things in perspective Amen. so um as a result, we'll fast forward a bit because I, I did have the surgery. I'm doing well. I'm today. I'm three weeks post op. Mm-hmm. This Two Saturday, weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two this weeks. Saturday, no, this Saturday will be the third week. Right. Okay. July right 24 mm-hmm. was the surgery. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have any. I don't know who I was during that period. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, like I feel like I'm in a different body in a different capacity in life. Quite honestly. Okay. Um, but as a result of that. Uh, we got a lot of prayers and concerns, which are, which is great. And that's mm-hmm. what people say they'll do. And it's not on me to, to know whether or not people really did it. But I know people did it. Mm-hmm. And people cared enough to sacrifice financially just because they they knew. I don't know what they do. Um, they felt compelled to show their um, concern monetarily. And I had a real challenge with it mm-hmm. because, again, I don't like, number one, God has been great to us. Man. And we didn't need it. And I'm not saying that in any other way than finally, <laughs> for finally, once in yeah. our life, we were prepared for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, however it went financially, we were positioned for this, all the inconveniences that came with this. But it helped. I had to look at it differently as to is this a is this the start in some way, shape or form or the return in some way, shape or form of paying it forward. Mm -hmm. We do a lot for people that we don't talk about. I saw that model throughout my life. Um, And that's fine. But it's something about when it comes back to you. It don't feel right. Yeah, it just felt <laughs> it just felt kind of weird. So I wanted to talk about, uh, especially with my parents, like that concept. And that's I don't know if that's a newer concept. That's not what it was called in your younger years, but just the doing for others without an expectation of a return. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that come from in your story mm-hmm. and for the two of you to be on the same page when it comes to that, I think is probably rare. So what, what, how did you get to that place where doing is your calling 
and um I don't I don't want to say receiving isn't but like how how did, how did you get to the the place where you feel compelled to be constantly doing giving serving people for me I think it was my upbringing we grew up in the uh uh the village concept of uh community mm-hmm. and uh we were poor we didn't know we were poor. The people around us was just like us. But it seems like that we were always trying to find a way to keep each other encouraged, either through giving, mm-hmm. through service, uh, through acts of uh, kindness. Uh, and so it's it was just inbred in me that uh, giving is how you appreciate living. I don't know if that makes any sense to some folk, but uh, I I can't appreciate just having things or always receiving things. I get the greatest joy in seeing others, mm-hmm. seeing be, being able be a part of the positive growth of someone or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm always. Uh, looking out for ways that I can make that uh, random impact. And uh, it it has always come back to serve me. And uh, I can appreciate when people do it for me and I let them do it, mm-hmm. but I'm always calculating how I can make it a reciprocal act. Mm-hmm. Uh, same for me. Growing up, um, we were poor as well, but didn't know it. But my grandparents uh, were a very important part of my life growing up. And uh, and my mom and my, my dad. My dad wasn't there that long. But growing up, we just were taught um, to give. And we learned the scripture. We went to church. They made sure we grew up in the church and learned scriptures. And uh, it was always better to give than to receive. And my mom would always have some family stand with us. If it was somebody who was in need or uh, whatever, if they didn't, if they were homeless, whatever, my mom house, I mean, we lived in a project, but the house was always open up to some family. And I thought, wow, how many times she can bring people in this house? But she was always helping somebody out. And my grandmother and grandfather, they were the same way. Mm-hmm. They were givers. And um, so growing up, we learned how to share what we have and not be selfish. Um, I was the youngest, but I was always um, like the oldest, always having the one to take charge and, uh, of everything growing up. So it was hard for me to, uh, at coming up an adult, it was always hard for me to receive. I remember one of my girlfriends, um, I had done something for them. And later on, she wanted to do something for me. And I gave it back to her, and she was so hurt. And when I saw the hurt in her face, I felt really bad. And one of the things that she said to me that I still remember to this day and live by, she said, how is it that you can bless other people, but when someone wants to bless you, you cheat them out of their blessing by receiving what they give you? So I know when blessings come my way now, it's because the Holy Spirit has impressed upon someone's heart to do something. Mm -hmm. Not because I've asked, not because I look like I need it. I remember when my husband lost his job after 55 years on the job. Uh, 
and 55. Um, not 55 years so much. <laughs> he was age 55. Right. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he was he had uh, been on the job 22 okay. years, mm -hmm. and out the clear blue, they just laid him off. I mean, they just said this is it, and I thought, oh my goodness. So at home, I cried, mm -hmm. but out in public, I tried to look very positive, like everything was fine. But do you know there was one week that we were like $500 short on the mortgage mm -hmm. and we had prayed about it. And when we went to church at the clear blue, I'm telling you, this lady came up to me and she said, I just want to give you this. And she said, I don't know why I'm giving it to you, but the Holy Spirit just told me to do it. And so I'm being obedient. When I got home and opened the envelope, mm -hmm. it was exactly $500. Check. $500. Check. And I just, I mean, I just cried. And, and even to this day, I, I just still thank her. Mm -hmm. But the point is, God knows what you need and when you need it. And he knows what, what needs to happen for you to realize your dependence on him mm -hmm. and not on yourself. So now as I've gotten older and each day I learn to depend more on him than on myself, because when I can't do it, it's not me that's doing it anyway. It's really him that's providing. And I saw that with my um, family here. I saw how God just provided. And it's just amazing. But that's how God's people are. Mm -hmm. And so when you allow the Lord to use you in a positive manner, and it's not always money. It could be your time. You know, it can be anything of just talking to someone, smiling to someone. And that's just a part of kindness and love. Yeah, I remember when my dad lost his job because I was actually working at the same company and it it was, I was angry initially. I was out of, <laughs> I was out of the house, probably still in their pockets. Mm -hmm. I wasn't living in the house at the time. And I thought the thing to do was for me to move back and, and be a contributor. Um, that didn't happen, whether it was my maturity or they just didn't need it otherwise. But that 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 was a very valuable lesson for me um, to see how he reacted to that. I never saw him mad. I never saw him pout. He just did something else, mm -hmm. right? And that thing became more lucrative and then some other things became more lucrative in his life along with that. And it, his situation financially became better after that. So I wake up and it's these are things that I instill in my employees is that, you know, every day, you know, I ha I have two options when I wake up as it relates to uh, my career. I can show up or not, right? The days that I show up, I show up and I make sure that my name um, is meaningful while I'm there and after I'm gone, mm -hmm. right? Because everybody's replaceable, but I know that I'm expendable. So I don't rely on the institution of, of, of a traditional employment or a company. That's not where I put my stock. Um, Somewhat random, but the conversation kind of went that way. Um, what I, I don't know if I made it clear about how people were donating to us. It wasn't because of us. It was because of my parents. And that might make give better context to the, the last part of the conversation. What people were saying specifically, we have seen your parents do. We have experienced your parents do. Or your parents have impacted us in some way that we want to give this to you who are not your parents. Mm -hmm. um, and and I like you, mom, when you said you wanted to give it back because you, 
the 500 number seems to be a theme because that was a that was an offering from somebody mm-hmm. and my response was okay if we can't give it back do they mind if we do something else with it in their name or give it to somebody else that's more needy and ultimately we accepted it it's still sitting but I think that's the revelation of well maybe I'm blocking their blessing because beginning of the summer help somebody out to that tune as well mm-hmm. um, and to me that doesn't matter I don't I don't even know I don't even consider it lending right because th- when it goes out it's lost mm-hmm. it comes back to you in some form if if you're doing the right thing um, that's right mm-hmm. but I don't know I just it, it has changed my perspective on what it mean like like the the I guess the life cycle of blessings mm-hmm. right I I can't it can't only be me because that could be ego like feeling that that you're always giving and associating associating that with you not needing could be an ego thing right I am in a position to give look at me I I don't think I've looked at it that way or or presented it that way but that's something to be something to be mindful of, but that is, I don't know. I, I've, I've said it in other capacities that the karma that, I, the karma that I live for now is what comes back on my kids. Mm-hmm. So we've received the benefit of how you have lived, which has been a blessing. And I just, I know that we can't pay you back monetarily yet working on some things, but I, that wasn't, the intent of why you did it. And I know that it means more to you to see a fruitful life mm. in each of our kids. Oh, yes. Based Praise on the Lord. Yes. So I feel like I've been. I'm just enjoying seeing you talk mm. for all of those who don't think who all of the dolls <laughs> for all of those who don't think that Derek talks. Yes, he does. And he has something and to say. He has when something he talks. to say. Yeah. Period. Hmm. But it's you know what the the um the flow of friends that have come by mm-hmm. since you all have been here mm-hmm. speaks very highly of your family as well. Mm-hmm. I am just touched every time that doorbell rings and friends come in of yours that grew up with you all, mm-hmm. and you know they feel like I'm their mom too, and it's just good to to be able to see them. So it speaks highly of you both, the way you have treated people, and. And the way your children respond, mm-hmm. you know, my grandchildren are just amazing. And, mm-hmm. and we pray for our family constantly, mm-hmm. but they're just amazing. And, and um, they're nice. I mean, they're just nice and they're quiet. They're not. It's just amazing. I wish you all could have been here mm-hmm. to see yeah. how five children responds. And they all are like talking to adults because their vocabulary um, intentions. I mean, well, I won't say their vocabulary. It's just so well spoken of, and I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at what you all have done and how busy your lifestyle is, but at the same time, you include your children into everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And so they know how to do what you do, some of the things they know how to do, and you're teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That's something my husband and I didn't have an opportunity to do, was be entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a, was an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, entrepreneur. We had a, one opportunity vegetarian restaurant oh yes he wanted to have a vegetarian restaurant but guess what who's gonna be doing the cooking <laughs> all right yeah, it's, that, that's important for me because no matter what they choose i want them to see 
the full spectrum of what what opportunities look like. Mm-hmm. What yeah, what you may not recognize them. So I just want them to be intentional about what they do and be passionate about what they pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, and open to all the possibilities mm-hmm. that are out there. Yeah. yeah. And be warm and caring yeah. on the way. That part. Yeah. I don't think that it was that you guys didn't show it to us, but I mean, the flow of information is significantly different even in my for my generation than it was for yours. So mm-hmm. Some things were we could be exposed to more there's pros and cons of that mm-hmm. faster that helped us think different. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I just, I am still of the mindset that you can enjoy your career. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't today, mm. but <laughs> I believe that you can do that. Since it's not that I don't enjoy my career. I just, I want, I think there's more for me to do. And I'm, I am anxious or a little impatient about not knowing or seeing that clearly. And maybe that's not the goal to see it all laid out of how it's going to pan out. Mm-hmm. But I do know where we have the, the opportunity and the resources to try something. We're going to try it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm not, I am not going to be at the end of my career saying, man, what if not about everything? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some things that I've been very wrong about that I thought I wanted to pursue. And there's some things that are turning out to be right on track. Mm-hmm. And I just got to keep doing the work until they could uh, change our lives in one way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. I read something the other day in one of my readings and you may have read it. Um, uh, Cause we had the same book. Sit patiently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dream your dream. Pray about it, work on it, but be patient mm-hmm. because he know the plans that he has for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Sure. Sure, and sometimes our plans are not his plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think we're at about 40 minutes now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I wanted to get out of this conversation. I don't want to shortchange it, but I don't want to drag it on. Um, I'll reiterate that I appreciate every person at this table um, and what you've done for me and what you've shown me through how you've handled me uh, this summer, um, whether you should or shouldn't based on my actions. I definitely appreciate it. It has changed me. I know my life is different Mm. um, because of it. And I am excited about what that means and how that will um, be revealed to me and the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very nice. Awesome sauce. Okay. I did have a quote of the day if we are there. Closing quote. A closing quote that kind of encapsulates everything. Big words. All right. It says true generosity is an offering given freely and out of pure love. No strings attached. No expectations. Time and love are the most valuable possession you can share. Amen. And that's what it is. Well said. Very fitting. Well, we thank you guys for joining us for this conversation. We hope that you got something out of it. Hopefully you've uh, felt compelled to leave a comment, a review, or uh, leave a voice note. If you're listening on Anchor, uh, you can follow us on social media at, what is it? This is tied to Table for 7, right? It so is. Table for 7 on IG, Table mm-hmm. for 7 
on Facebook, on IG, it is TBL four S E V N. It's been a while. Uh, V-E-N, actually. V-E-N, yeah. yeah. So it's TBL, the number four, S-E-V-E-N. Uh, you can also follow Keisha on love underscore, underscore Keisha J. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. follow me at Djohn's Live. Uh, if by chance that you are introduced to this podcast through uh, the Healthy Marriage is Dope um, Instagram or hashtag, that is us as well, contemplating on if this podcast shifts to they can't see us Keisha wants a high five can I have a high five no nah, I'm ignoring her <laughs> something <laughs> but whether or not this this should shift uh, Healthy Marriage is Dope is uh, what Keisha calls I guess it is a movement it it is. It is, and grab your t-shirts yeah, today a, a reflection of where we are in our marriage journey um, Healthy Marriage is Dope we believe that doesn't mean that healthy that marriage is perfect uh, doesn't mean everybody should be married because uh, we'll try doesn't mean that you should accept everything because you're married mm-hmm. uh, but a healthy marriage a healthy dynamic and a healthy relationship uh, period is dope so whether that's familial or uh, what leads to uh, companionship or what have you so um, thank you for having you got here we hope that you will come back uh, as we say on every other episode uh, we will get more consistent consistent uh, this average of quarterly podcast isn't working for me uh, but again the events of this summer have um, kind of re-energized our re-energized our, our, well motivated us differently to, to do this more consistently uh, definitely a big part of our story this year and for the years to come and we want to chronicle it via this podcast Thank you. Last comments, special yep. guest. Last comments. I would just say enjoy your family. Every day, enjoy your family. Life is short. Enjoy your family. I love my family. I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Healthy family is dope. Come also. on, healthy family. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> might be New something. t-shirt. Uh, that's going to do it for us. God bless you. God keep you. HealthyMarriageIsDope.com. <laughs> be blessed, fam.